Hello on this Monday version of the show. We'll talk about a couple of sweeps. One that was very good for the Bulls in softball. One that was, well, not so good in baseball, losing over in Orlando. We made the trip, and it was a tough one. Friday and early Sunday saw the Bulls get shut out. They finally scored four runs in the final game. Looked like they were going to come away with a victory, which would have been not the plan going over there, but would have been a fine bus ride home, and instead... UCF has gained its official revenge for what happened in last year's American Athletic Conference Championship. You'll hear some highlights, not a ton. There was one amazing highlight early on on Sunday, namely a catch by Jackson Mayo. Then on the other side, you will hear a confounding highlight that really propelled UCF to a five-run fifth inning when they took the lead. Both golf teams were in action over the weekend, limited for track and field because they were in Gainesville and with the weather on Saturday, which prevented us from playing baseball. It was the same weather they were going through, so a lot of the sprinting events were off the table, so kind of limited. But this weekend, remember, track and field on its glorious new track and field, and I'll definitely be going out there trying to get some interviews this week for the show. And seeing the track, of course, is going to be hosting its own event, so that is going to be something fun worth looking for. The softball team this weekend And with what happened in Greenville, this is going to be very interesting to follow. We'll be playing a very key series against Wichita State. You know, the Bulls got swept by UCF at home. Boy, that's uh, becoming a little bit annoying, isn't it? But anyway, Wichita State is also a challenger for the conference championship. You look at what happened to UCF yesterday. They got shut out twice in a doubleheader. So remember, they swept the Bulls. They had won 18 in a row. They lost to the Gators 10-3, and then they ran into Virginia Tech, which is number five in the country and has two ace pitchers, and they couldn't score against them. So you have to say UCF is beatable, even though the Bulls couldn't do it. You have to look at what Wichita State did this weekend, which is score a ton of runs in a sweep of Tulsa. We'll give you details on how they did it on Around the American. But the point is the Bulls might have to do what they did last weekend, and I didn't see this coming. Georgina Korik started in all three games. So, can that possibly continue? It might need to against Wichita. I was assuming that Aaron Pepping, you know, former East Carolina Pirate, was going to pitch game two against her old team. She actually pitched a little bit on Friday, finished off the game with one inning of work. But Korik got the call again on Saturday, and oh, by the way, pitched her eighth no-hitter. Before we give you details of that one, that was fun to watch from the hotel room as baseball had been rained out. But we'll go back to last Friday night, and everybody hits, especially Alexis Johns. She is just unbelievable. Three for four with three runs scored. She also stole a couple of bases, giving her 38 on the season, tying her with Marie Bruni for the school's single-season record. She did not get one on Saturday or Sunday, so you can witness history of one kind this weekend. And we'll get to some Cork history in a second, but Cork got run support right away with a run in the first inning, and it was all about Johns. She singles, just puts the bat on the ball, shoots it up the middle, steals second, perfect sacrifice bunt by Megan Piero, and a pull it to the right side, ground out by Megan Sheehan, and the Bulls were in business. And they really got going with four runs in the second inning. Vivian Pond walked after a strikeout. Really, the Bulls benefited from a bad play by the pitcher, decided to try and get the lead run at second, double-clutched and threw it away. The Pirates have had issues with defense, and that really kind of got the ball rolling for the Bulls. Alana Rivera would single. They held up Cadlib at third right move because Desiree Maldonado walked with the bases loaded. More on her in a second. And then it was later on Johns with an RBI single, 
and really 5 nothing. the game was over when Megan Sheehan singled up the middle. Could have been stopped by the shortstop, but hey, it went through. Cork is cruising through the lineup. They tack on a run in the sixth inning as, again, John singles and steals, and Piero this time drives her home. Then, of course, the headlines will be about Cork and John's, but Desiree Maldonado definitely... This was, to me, very relevant. She had fallen out of the starting lineup, in essence. Cork was batting in her spot for a lot of games, but she was in the starting lineup for all three games this weekend, and she put her batting average up 23 points, and she hit two home runs, including a three-run shot. The wind was blowing out to left, but I think it would have gone out either way. It was just a question of if it was going to be fair or foul, and it was fair, and the Bulls get the 9 nothing win. Cork. Just gave up one hit, one walk, struck out 11, and it was four RBI for Maldonado and three for Sheehan. Aaron Pepping pitched the last inning, a scoreless ball, and I figured that was kind of just a precursor to her getting the ball again in game two, but instead, Ken Erickson went with Georgina Cork. Maybe he sensed no-hit sort of stuff. Again, she gave up one hit on Friday and a no-hitter on Saturday. It was kind of unusual watching it because... The East Carolina website did not have announcers for this game, so you heard a lot of sound effects and you heard a little bit of crowd effects. And as I was watching it, I'm thinking, boy, if I'd have known this was going to be the video setup, I could have tried to figure out a way to broadcast the game live. But instead, we were just watching it from afar in Orlando, and it was fun to watch and great to see the Bulls kind of overcome running themselves off the base paths a couple of times, including in the first inning because Megan Pierre was caught stealing and there were nobody on and two out. And then Megan Sheehan, another hit, and Madison Epperson destroys the ball to left field. The Bulls really did bring out the bats this weekend. Cork hits a batter with the pitch in the first inning. That would turn out to be faithful because it would keep her from a perfect game along with the walk later on. But the Bulls tack on another run in the second inning. Cadlib singles. Rivera a great sack bunt. Cadlib takes a little bit of a chance, goes all the way to third. A good throw would have gotten her, but she gets there, and that turned out to be handy because Desiree Maldonado almost homered, but a deep fly ball was good enough to be a sacrifice fly and make it 2 to nothing. Bulls get two more in the third inning. I mentioned they brought out the big bats. Epperson with another double. Vivian Pond destroys one. Looked like it could have been a home run, but RBI double. And then Josie Foreman rips a single to score Pond. Cork is cruising along, and you can't help but notice no hits. And then you really start to pay attention in the fifth inning with the game kind of being decided. Josie Foreman blasts a home run to center in the top of the six. Strike out, strike out, fly out in the bottom of the six. Bulls get another run in the seventh. And then in the bottom of the seventh, a pop-up, two strikeouts to end the day, and the no-hitter for Georgina Cork. As I said, it's her eighth in her career. Seven by herself. She was part of a combined no-hitter one time. Cork strikes out 13. Again, allows just two base runners. So, was she going to get the call again on Sunday? The answer is yes. And she actually gave up a hit to the first batter she faced. East Carolina actually scored a run in the bottom of the first, but it was unearned. The Bulls had given her a 2-0 lead, and it started off with a Johns triple. Tell you, had a rough weekend. She came in 6-2. Madison Davis gave up five runs in her first game on Friday and then was pulled immediately in this game after a triple and a hit by pitch on 3-0. Megan Sheehan comes in, singles for 1-0. Vivian Pond makes it 2-0, but the Pirates would get one back. Cork sets them down in order the next two innings 
Rivera starts off the fourth with a walk on a 3-2 and two pitch. Desiree Maldonado, what a weekend for her. Singles, they actually got Johns out in this game. She fouled out, but on a wild pitch, both runners advance, which helps make Megan Piero's foul ball caught in the outfield into a sacrifice fly. Now it's 3-1, and the Pirates actually put on two runners. Air at first and a hit by pitch, but then Corrick gets two strikeouts to lock that down. Bulls actually committed a couple errors in this game, including in the fifth, air and a single on a bunt with two outs, but a ground out two pitches later right back to Cork. Maldonado homers starting off the sixth inning. Sheehan would add an RBI single to score Johns, who got on base on an air, and that was all the runs in this game. 5-1 to one the final score. Once again, Cork goes 3-0 over the weekend. She is now 25-3 and on the season. She is now tied with Sarah Nevins, for all-time wins in program history with 101. We'll hope to see her get one this weekend against Wichita State. That was the other thing about the no-hitter. Not only was it a no-hitter, but it was her 100th career victory, and that set the conference mark for most career wins for a pitcher. Simply outstanding. Struck out eight, actually did give up the three hits, but again, the run was unearned, which takes us to her updated ERA. It is back down to .42. 280 strikeouts in 182 innings. And again, curious, very curious, if it's possible that Corrick pitches every game of this weekend against Wichita State. Alexis Johns, team leader in batting average with the 361, 38 for 39 on steals. Madison Epperson has gotten that batting average up to 324, and she hands back above 300 with a 315 batting average. Also good to see Maldonado hit. Basically everyone that's a regular in the starting lineup is above 200 except for Rivera, but she is outstanding at shortstop and is actually tied for third on the team with 18 RBI. Sheehan and Pond, the leaders in that category, with 20 apiece. So we will have the Friday and Sunday games for you live on USF Bulls Unlimited. We won't be able to do Saturday because basically everyone will be involved with the spring football broadcast. Lest we forget, that is going to be a big deal for you. A full hour of pregame and full play-by-play of the halftime, which will be the flag football alumni game. That is something that's, I think, going to get a lot of attention. We look forward to the broadcast. I will be in New Orleans with baseball going up against Tulane, a team which, well, unfortunately, like the UCF Knights, is 3-0. and The unfortunately like the UCF Knights part, of course, because they swept the Bulls. I think they got their revenge, so don't worry. Not a lot of highlights coming up in our second segment, but we'll definitely give you some, including some that favored the Bulls, but only briefly on Sunday as we played a doubleheader that did not have a good result. We'll also tell you about a good result for men's tennis and the women fall twice, although they played a couple of top flight opponents this weekend. Track and field, as I mentioned, also participated at an outdoor meet in Gainesville and is looking forward to being at home for its own event this weekend. All of that when Bulls Beat continues. 